Well, we're back, everybody. Come and find us. I hope you will. Arlen will be very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. Hey, Bev, good morning. We're back. Probably have to probably have to turn the video down. I think what happens is this was one of those songs I think we were able to play before and now it's not letting us play it, so uh, without interruption. Part, yeah, they changed the settings on it. That's what they did. Good morning, Clorinda. Good morning, Roscoe. Thanks for coming back, everybody. Good morning, Joanna and uh, Charles. And we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and end that only because it's just gonna <clears throat> cause problems I think right now. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks for your patience while we navigate through songs. Um, I guess there's a there must be something that was added to that song where it, it did not allow us to to continue to play it uh, because of a copyright issue. So we just went ahead and started all over again. Uh, so thanks for being here this morning. Welcome back, session nine. Um, Sorry for those who figured out that we weren't on, but uh, we're, we're back. Uh, here we are, and we're going to go ahead and get back into the Sunday school mode since the music didn't seem to work, <laughs> at least for today. Uh -oh. um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. You can't do anything. Roscoe, welcome back. Victor, Eves, Liz, Eves, whoever <laughs> is jumping back on. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Um, we're going to get back into Sunday school. Uh, thank you again for joining us. Um, we're going to be doing some announcements here first. Obviously, we are in a little bit different location than where we normally are. We are in uh, a place uh, called Okady Center in Bluffton, South Carolina, and it is uh, very, very nice outside. The temperature outside, I believe, is going to be in the... 61 now, and it'll be 77 degrees in the... Uh, uh, a little bit later today, so we're enjoying it. And today's going to be sunny. We've had a couple of days where it's been mostly milky sunshine, but uh, today will be a very nice day. And I hope that um, you are able to have a sunny day where you are, wherever you might be today. And uh, But we're going to get back into Sunday school here. This is session number nine. It's going to be in the New Testament. Uh, we'll be talking about biblical inerrancy. But there are some things we want to cover here first before we get to that point. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ann and Larry. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks for picking up on the fact that we uh, had to get we got bounced and we we're, we're back right now. Um, first of all, uh, please remember your, your please please note that also Pastor Gus has a message today that is going to be available uh, on this page after I change my privacy settings. It is available right now on the Akron Alliance Fellowship group page. Uh, for those of you who, uh, you just type in the word group after Ak Akron Alliance Fellowship and you would see the message there. It's going to be on the Rapture series, Be Wise, Not Foolish. Uh, I will be posting that eventually over to the this particular page, the Akron Alliance Fellowship page, for views. And I'll do that immediately after Sunday School, but it is available. And if you're in Akron and you're going to church, you get ready for a great message from Pastor Gus. Uh, he'll be presenting that for you. Uh, when we when he when you get to church today at 11 o'clock after 11 o'clock. Um, so just keep in mind right now it is available on the Akron Alliance Fellowship group page, but 
it will be available also on this regular page, the church page here on Facebook, uh, once we change some settings <laughs> that I had. Didn't realize that I had the settings, but that's what we want to try to make sure we take care of here so that we can just post without any issues or anything like that. But it is available. Um, D. Dot, good morning. Uh, thank you for being here. Um, please remember your tithes and offerings. We, we request that you have their tithes and offerings available um, for the church to because the resources are still necessary. We have to take care of business in the church, uh, the benevolence factor, all those things that go into uh, being involved with the church. Uh, if you are mailing your tithes or offerings, please mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship at 688 Diagonal Road in Akron, Ohio, 44320. We appreciate you doing that. And appreciate you, uh, as always, uh, praying for our church as well, too. Praying for the church, um, making sure that we are indeed um, remembering individuals in the church who need healing, uh, that do need the prayer. Uh, I think that's also just as important as the tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings are necessary because we have to get some things taken care of uh, in the building and beyond that for benevolence, like I mentioned. But we also appreciate your prayers. That's very important as well, too. Okay, um, with that in mind and just making sure that we get some uh, time covered here with some of this material, because I don't want it too much material today, but we are going to get into the New Testament area of uh, biblical inerrancy, looking at some passages as far as uh, doing a refresh. Good morning, Pearl. Good morning again, Ronnie. Uh, Bev, thanks. And looking at a little bit of refresh making sure that we're going over some passages that we've covered before, but also making sure that we're talking about um, the historical aspect of it. Um, the Old Testament and the New Testament both speak to biblical inerrancy with the passages, and it's just a matter of believing. And as we've mentioned before, and as we continue to mention here, we, we, we're not here to try to convince anyone uh, of anything. This has to be a matter of faith. It has to, it has to be a matter of trust, that indeed we are... Um, Trusting that the words that we read, the words that we see in Scripture are indeed God's words. We believe them. We try to shut out all the noise of those people who are detractors, who, people who want to automatically disqualify the Bible as being worthy of consideration because, honestly, it's just their opinion that it's not valid or viable. But we want to eliminate any conversation like that because it's it's essentially a matter of faith, isn't it? Uh, as a believer in Jesus Christ, it's a matter of faith and trusting and believing that what we read is true. Uh, morning, Laura. Uh, thanks for being here. Walter Pearl, good morning. We are going to now get into prayer. Uh, that's the most important thing to do right now as we get ready to get involved with this study. Uh, we... Um, Appreciate everyone joining us this morning um, because we want to stay faithful to the word no matter where we are or what we're doing. Amen. We still want to make sure that we are looking at God's word as the way to guide us, not just for today, but for all the entire week long. We want to make sure we're doing that. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. Get started. Father, we just thank you again for your loving kindness and your presence. We thank you for helping us to navigate any issues regarding being able to broadcast and doing so without any problems and we thank you that we can indeed do this from wherever we are and we are just very very grateful and very blessed to be able to sit now with a group of people and a group of members of our church people who are joining us right now 
We pray, Lord, for those individuals who are online with us. We pray that indeed the Spirit is going to be involved in speaking and nothing else. And we thank you again for all that you have done, all you continue to do, all the healing that you've done for us, not just physical but spiritual healing as well. And we just give you praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, everybody. Uh, let's get into the study for the uh, session number nine of the Biblical Inerrancy. We uh, appreciate you being here. Uh, first of all, let's make a note that um, the God's Word is indeed absolutely true. We have discussed this before and we've talked about it, and we want to keep emphasizing that. And we're going to go back into... Um, we're going to be looking at New Testament passages largely, largely here today. We did the Old Testament last week, just continuing in the study and doing a refresh on some things. But let's keep in mind that God has, of course, the ultimate divine authority. Why is that? Because he is the one who is proclaiming this word. He is the one uh, it is given, the word was given to the writers of the uh Old Testament and New Testament by the words of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is the one who had to be the one to speak. It came directly from the mouth of God, and we already had said before that God does not lie, and He, uh, it is not in his nature to lie, his character to lie. He, is, he always speaks truth. That is the way he operates, and that is the way he always has operated. Um, so we're going to go back now to the origin of Scripture. And turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. We're going to look specifically at a passage that uh, I want to make sure that we're covering it. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. We're speaking about the words of God and where Scripture came from. And these passages are going to give us information to help us to discern what the Spirit wants us to understand about it and, and see what's happening. Um, when this is when during the time of when Jesus was being tempted and he's speaking to Satan and if you look at verse 3 during that time the devil came and said to him if you are the son of God tell these stones to become loaves of bread well all throughout um, scripture Jesus rightly goes back to and points to the word of God. That's something that's very important for all of us to understand and do as we look at what God's word has to say. It, if, we, if we point to the word of God, we're typically going to be on the right, in the right place when it comes to discernment, having understanding about what Jesus is saying to us. It says in verse 4 of Matthew chapter 4, No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of of God. And that's exactly what the whole premise of this study is. Everything that we're reading, everything that we're studying, everything that we're looking at is coming directly from the mouth of God. It comes directly from him. Jesus is even making that same reference here in the passage as well, too. Okay. Uh, another passage to look at. John chapter 10, but let me make sure I get the right uh, starting point for this. John chapter 10. Yes. Starting at verse 31. Verse 31. And this is after the declaration is being made to the people, the, the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the ones who were always questioning Jesus, who questioned where he had his authority, questioned where he was all about. 
just question him and question him in general because he was not the typical um, person who was practicing as far as uh, uh, Jews are concerned. And of course, he was the one who declared himself to be the Sabbath as well, too, because he is. Uh, but starting in verse 30, the Father and I are one. And then it says in verse 31, once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. Jesus said in verse 32, at my Father's direction, I have done many good works. For which one are you going to stone me? And verse 33 says, they reply, we're stoning you not for any good work, but for blasphemy. Uh, you, a mere man, claim to be God. Verse 34 this is, and we're getting to verse 35, which is the key verse here. Verse 34, Jesus replied, It is written in your own scriptures that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say, you are gods. Then verse 35, and you know that the scriptures cannot be altered. That's the key phrase. The scriptures cannot be altered. So if these people who received God's message were called gods, why do you call it blasphemy when I say I am the son of God? After all, the Father set me apart and sent me into the world. Don't believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. But if I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I have done. Even if you don't believe me, then you will know and understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. And this is something that we need to really see and understand, that Jesus Christ is only going to do what is consistent with his word. He is going to do exactly what... He is going to stand exactly in the same manner that his word stands for him. And he's basically telling people truth, and they don't want to hear it. You have to understand something. And I, I think I had a conversation with my, my wife about this yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. You know, sometimes we, we get a little bit wrapped up in everybody having to believe the exact same thing. All that Jesus wants you to understand about him is that he is Lord. He is Lord and Savior. It is not really important what path you took to get there. As long as you get there, that's the most important thing. Because some people believe right away, and they don't need to see anything. Some people are going to believe, uh, but they need to see evidence before they believe, or they need to see God dealing with them individually before they choose to believe. But the most important thing in this is that no matter how you go about it, it's the same thing. It's about believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believing that he is indeed the one who has you, he was your creator, he is the very one who has given you life, he's the very one who has presented himself before you as being Lord, and ultimately it just comes down to believing. Like he says in verses 37 and 38 here, don't believe me unless I carry out my father's work. If, he, if he's doing the work of the Lord, then that's where you, you should be believing him. Uh, and that would be true for anything, you know, you, you're believing because you actually see evidence of something. Um, but if I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I have done, even if you don't believe me, then you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Understand something. Jesus does these things and shows us these things in the different ways that he does in these readings here in the New Testament to reflect his goodness reflect that he is Lord, he is indeed has the authority to do so. He is there to demonstrate the power of God. He is there to demonstrate his power. Um, he spoke of the coming Holy Spirit at the time that indeed would be a representation of him because it is him, uh, just in a different form. It's That's all it is, and that's all that the Spirit is. And so we need to recognize that as well, too. Um, 
Another passage that's very important, Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24. And let's take a look here. Sometimes I, I, I'm really challenged to make sure that we, we carry, carry all of this with context. Go to verse 32, Matthew 24, 32. Um, the key verse in this passage is going to be verse 35, but I want to lead up to it and make sure that we're covering it in such a manner where we can uh, see what the context is here. It's about the lesson of the fig tree. That's what's being covered here. Verse 32, Jesus is speaking here. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things, you can know his return is very near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene until all these things take place. And then verse 35, this is the key verse just for context, heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. My words, whose words? Well, Jesus is speaking here. Well. Jesus is, in fact, in fact, Lord. He is the He is God. He was there at the beginning of creation, uh, and indeed, He is the one who knows all. Um, there's nothing you can hide from Him. But what He's saying is that heaven and earth are going to disappear. The things that we call heaven and earth today are going to be changed in some way, shape, or form into some form of a new heaven and a new earth. So those things will indeed happen, and because Jesus notes it here, it's going to happen. It's truth. He says, my words will never disappear. Jesus is an eternal being. His word is eternal. His word has always been in existence, and it continues to exist today, and it will be present in the future, and it will always exist in the future. Um, there is no beginning or end to his word. Isn't that amazing? It's an amazing thing uh, to consider that God's word is, is indeed eternal, and it's really up to us to make sure that we understand what God's word is saying to us, what, it's, what it means to us personally, what it means to us individually. We have to really take that into account. His word is eternal. Whether you like it or not, uh, to be quite succinct, it's going to be there. It's always going to be there. It's not going to change. It's not going to disappear like heaven and earth, as we know it, will indeed disappear. We know that this world is changing. We know this world is decaying. We know this world is, um, uh, frankly, coming coming apart at the seams. I don't know any other way to put it. That's a good... <laughs> yeah, my, my wife gives the, the thumbs up. <laughs> We're coming apart at the seams. But, but you know what? There is still an opportunity, even in this world today, for us to minister to others. We, we've got to make sure that we're talking, talking up about Jesus Christ. Jesus must be proclaimed in spite of what's going on today. Don't let things distract you um, from what is really important. You know, one of the events that took place over the last, uh, within the last week was the Will Smith Chris Rock fiasco at the Oscars and there's been a lot of backpedaling and a lot of information that's being shared uh, about you know how much trouble Will Smith really was in when he uh, when he did what he did he lost his head and he lost his cool look I don't care what anybody says or does uh, you don't lose your cool like that and you don't take matters into your own hands and you don't do things like that 
But there was a lot of people cheering him on to do that. And I'm saying, I'm, I'm sorry, what does God's word say? Uh, what, is, what does Jesus say about something like that? And that's a real distraction, isn't it? When you look at something like that and, and recognize that it's a distraction, it's, recognize that it's something that is taking the focus off of what? Focusing on Jesus Christ. It's, it's diverting your attention. Don't let your attention be diverted by things that, frankly, uh, at the end of the day, have nothing to do with you. It, ha- it has something to do with a person's encounter with someone else. Just have me very, very public. But at the end of the day, you behave differently than that. You behave in such a manner where you're honoring the Lord Jesus Christ, and you share the gospel. Love everyone. Don't stop loving people. Uh, keep people uh, in your heart. Keep people in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, who need prayer, focus on what it is that you need to do to develop and strengthen your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't let distractions keep you away from that. Don't let any distractions keep you away from that very thing. Uh, Take a look at Acts chapter 7, please. I'm going to keep moving here. We're still in the origin of Scripture. We're still talking about the words of God and what they really mean. Acts chapter 7, going to look at... Verse 38, Acts 7, verse 38. And let's see here, Acts 7, Acts chapter 7, verse 38. All throughout Scripture we see indicators in, uh, of, of that um, we, we really need to just kind of uh, focus on what God is saying to us and how he's saying things to us. And every now and then, sprinkle through Scripture in different areas, at places where you may not even expect it, the, the, His Word shows up as being truth. Verse 38, Moses was with our ancestors, the assembly of God's people in the wilderness, when the angels spoke to him at Mount Sinai. And there Moses received life-giving words to what? Pass on to us. What was he given? What, what did the angel proclaim to him? Uh, many words. There were words that were proclaimed. Of course, we know that he uh, had the Ten Commandments um, that came uh, from his episode with an encounter with the burning bush. We recognize that there were many times that Moses received words uh, from the Lord to pass on to us. Where are those words wrapped up in? The first five books of the Bible. That's what we have to see here. That is what was the root of everything. And those words were passed on for what purpose? Receiving life-giving words. Moses passed life-giving words to us and recognizing that God is a God of life. He is a God that indeed created life. He wants us to live in such a manner where we're honoring him and glorifying him. And those things are being given to us and provided to us for what? Our own good. Because we need all the help we can get. Amen? Uh, we need all the help we can get. We can need to make sure that we are obedient to God's word and looking to what his word has to say. Okay. So if you're having trouble uh, with your internet or something like that, we are uh, we welcome you just to come back to us later and, and visit us uh, and look at us all the way through. We, we indeed appreciate the fact that sometimes there's going to be difficulty uh, logging in. We are actually operating this thing without Wi-Fi. Uh, we're operating with just the signal. 
uh, internet, so the, not the internet, the uh, cell phone towers, that type of thing. So we wanted to eliminate any possible issues with that by using hotel Wi-Fi. So uh, shouldn't be any interruption issues on our end at this point, now that we've taken care of the music problem. <laughs> But uh, we're, we're going to just keep moving here, and we appreciate your understanding as we go forward. Go to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Verse 7. Hebrews 3, verses 7 and 8. Hebrews 3, verses 7 and 8. It says, that is why the Holy Spirit says, who's speaking? The Spirit. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. Don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. The Spirit is speaking here, and basically it says, when you hear his voice, whose voice? It's the voice of Jesus Christ. It's the voice of God. Whatever... Uh, the voice, whoever the voice is, they are interchangeable because they all have the ability to speak. Uh, they all are God wrapped up in three different persons. I shouldn't say wrapped up because there's no constraint to God. He is indeed um, sovereign. He is everywhere at the same time. He is present in all things. And he is indeed uh, speaks all three. Father, Son, Holy Spirit speak. And he's giving us direction here. When you hear his voice... Don't harden your hearts as Israel did. We have a lot of hardened hearts out there in the world today. People who have chosen to uh, fight against um, the gospel, fight against Jesus, uh, come in opposition. And the reason for that is that Satan is the one who is in direct opposition to Jesus Christ. And a lot of people just kind of fall on the bandwagon. You know, they go on the bandwagon where... They don't want to follow the Lord. They want to follow Satan. Well, if you're not following the Lord, you're not, and you, you can't say you're indifferent. No, you're following Satan. Um, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. It's important for you to understand that that is what is happening in our world today. And the warning is being given to us as believers. Don't allow your hearts to be hardened. Don't let circumstances, don't let issues come up where you indeed are in opposition to God, where you want to run away from the Lord, that type of thing, that's not helpful. Uh, amen? So we want to keep that in mind, too. Um, take a look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. We're just going one chapter over. Hebrews 4, 12. This is one of those passages that is probably uh, well-suited for you to memorize. It's just a great way to look at what God's word is. This is a description that's being given um, by the writer of Hebrews. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's Hebrews 4.12. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Does not the word of God expose us? It lays us bare. Uh, especially if we've been in sin, amen? And the Word convicts us when we look at these things that are being said here. The Word is indeed alive. It's a living Word. It's a powerful Word. It's the very representation of Jesus Christ. We have to look at that. When we talk about what it says in John chapter 1, for the 
in the beginning was the Word, the Word was from God, and the Word was with God. These are all indicators that Jesus Christ, he was there in the very beginning because he indeed is the living Word of God. That's the representation. When we're talking about biblical inerrancy, these are scriptures and passages that we look at where we have to believe. Um, Well, we don't have to do anything. I take that back. We should believe that it is indeed God's word who is speaking to us and giving and coming to us. Um, The word has been preserved all these years, and it is for us to understand. And because it has been preserved in such a way, we're looking at the context of what God is trying to tell us about his truth. His word is 100% accurate. It is 100% truthful. And we use the word 100% because there's no flaw in God's overall message to us as a people, as according to the gospel. There's no flaw here. The, the word is indeed truthful. It is giving us what we need to be able to function and survive in this world today. And not just survive, but thrive. If we live in such a manner where we're being obedient to the Lord, we will indeed thrive. We will indeed thrive and grow And the Spirit will be with you no matter what you're doing or no matter what opposition you are facing. You're going to face opposition. That is a promise. Uh, And you probably already know this because you've already run into it yourself. So I'm not telling you anything there that you don't know. God's Word is inspired. It is inspired of Him. Um, We, of course, let's go to 2 Timothy 3.16 just as a reminder. 2 Timothy 3.16. I've always wondered if there's been uh, a way where God, in his wisdom, takes common uh, the common numbers like John 3.16 and duplicates 3.16 in different books or different passages. And, and this one comes to mind as being that very nature of what God does when he puts these things together. 2 Timothy 3.16. Uh, of course, in, in John 3.16, uh, we all know that that's the, the, the truth about Jesus Christ, being Lord and Savior, and recognizing what he was doing for us. He, um, and so now, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is, used, is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. What was Moses doing? He was conveying the message of of God to the people about doing what is right, how to live. And scripture here, we're just getting the the re-emphasis here in 2 Timothy 3.16, that all scripture is inspired by God, and it's useful to teach us what's true, make us realize what's wrong. That sharp sword, God's word, that cuts, and it really convicts. Uh, those of us who really understand who God is in our lives and what, and we how we don't want to hurt Him, we don't want to disappoint Him, we want to always look to do what is best because we want to be obedient to His Word. These are all things we need to recognize here. We don't want to disappoint God. That is a really, really tough thing for us to recognize sometimes. Inspired by God, one more passage, and this is one we've done before. Second Peter, verse Second Peter, chapter one verses 20 and 21. 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 20 and 21. Let's bring this over here so I don't have to strain crane my neck here. Verse 20 in 2 Peter 1. 
Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding. This is the New Living Translation. Or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit. And they spoke from God. Amen. Amen. They spoke from God. They, they, they are only relaying the information that was received through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it is inspired by God, inspired of God. And so this truth that we see here in these New Testament passages, we want to make sure that we're paying attention to and recognizing that God's word is truth. God does not lie. It is not in his character to lie. He tells us truth. He gives us what we need to live in such a manner that will be helpful for us. It's beneficial for us. Um, I can't help but think uh, sometimes people bring judgment upon themselves by God uh, because they just choose to act or live in a manner that is um, lacks respect, lacks reverence, doesn't really... You say you might be a believer, for example, too, but you're not living in that manner. I can't help but think think that people set themselves up uh, for a real fall because they just don't really believe that God is capable of doing anything to them. If you're if you're living in a way that is untruthful or outside of truth, you are taking matters into your own hands, and uh, God will may show you. Uh, the proper way to go and by honestly bringing judgment upon you in some way shape or form you're going to have to make sure that you recognize this uh, as we go forward um, let's move to how this word was indeed conveyed through humans because all human beings ultimately had to record what God had inspired them to write down amen uh, all human beings these are all humans that did that um, go to Matthew chapter 41 Matthew 40, Matthew chapter 22, excuse me, there's no Matthew chapter 41. Matthew, that, that's, I caught it. <laughs> Matthew 22, thank you. Matthew 22 verses 41. See, I'm writing down, I write down my own notes and I, can, I can't even read my own notes sometimes. You know, stuff happens. Matthew 22 verses 41 through 46. Pharisees were having a conversation with Jesus, probably not a very polite one, uh, but be that as it may, it's, it's about showing that how the word is conveyed through humans. Look at what it says in Matthew 22, verse 41. Then, surrounded by the Pharisees, Jesus asked them a question. What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? They replied, he is the son of David. Now, understand who he's talking to. He's talking to Pharisees who are very aware of the law, very aware of what the word is. They, they know Old Testament law. They, 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 they know the words of the Old Testament. And so that's how they can come up with an answer like that based upon what is said, uh, the response. Now, it wasn't correct, but that's what they believe. He's the son of David. So verse 43, and you know what? Jesus knew that he, they were going to probably respond that way. That's the thing that we have to recognize here, too. Uh, verse 43, Matthew 22, Jesus responded, Then why is David, speaking under the inspiration of the Spirit, called the Messiah my Lord? For David said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies beneath your feet. Verse 45, Since David called the Messiah my Lord, how can the Messiah be his son? Uh-huh. And so 
when the Pharisees heard that, they, the question was asked, no one could answer him. Why? Because he is really quoting back his own word to them for them to understand what is happening and give them greater understanding of who the Messiah really is. It's not the son of David. The Messiah is the son of God. And, they, and here's the thing. Verse 46, no one could answer him. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. I, I look at that as a way that it, who ultimately has the final word? Jesus Christ does. And he does so in a way that's informative. He gives us what we need to, to have that final word. Sometimes that final word for us is a chastening. Sometimes that final word is pleasant. Sometimes that final word is affirming. It depends on where we are as individuals, doesn't it? Um, we can hear the same thing coming from someone else, and we may have a different response based upon where we are in our relationship with Jesus Christ. But at the end of the day, God has the final word. He has the final say. It's his word. These are the words that he gives to us for what? Our benefit to help us to live in such a manner where we're honoring and glorifying him. Um, go to Acts chapter 4, verses 24 and 25. I'm trying to watch the time here. Holy moly. It gets late. Acts chapter 24. Acts chapter 4. Verses 24 and 25. Acts 4, 24 and 25. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God, O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. Listen to the setup here. You spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, Why were the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time in futile plans? And this is what uh, Peter and John were speaking to the other believers. And they were giving information that was very, very helpful to them to understand that the words being spoken came directly from God. He is the one who spoke long ago through the power of the Holy Spirit to who? David. David recorded some passages as well, too, um, for course the psalms the things that we we read and look at in the psalms a lot of them are by david and david has written those things and david was being told and prompted by the spirit to speak uh, about the nations being angry why were the nations angry because they hated god they were people who opposed god they did not want to follow god david uh, ultimately uh, was a servant of the lord and he basically conveyed information to the people uh, that was relayed by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what's being said here. Where does the word of God come from? Where is it? Where is his origin? It's not the origin is not in man just writing down thoughts on a piece of paper. Those thoughts came directly from God through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit had to be the one to speak and give information to the writers of the text. That's what we always want to remember here and take away here. Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Go to verse 10. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10. I'm going to make a note of that here too in future reference because, again, making sure that we're looking at things in context. I get verses to look at, but... 
want to make sure that we lead up to what the passage is that we're looking at here. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. For his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Whoa. I haven't even gotten to the passage yet, but listen to what that says. His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. What man in general understands is everything about the flesh. Amen? But it's really the Holy Spirit through that indwells within, dwells within us that speaks to us about God's secrets, God's truths, the things that he wants us to understand and see. The whole world doesn't understand God. If they choose to not follow him, they're not going to understand him. But we have the ability through the Spirit to have deeper understanding. Look what it says in verse 11, 1 Corinthians 2. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. That's the flesh. But no one can know God's thoughts except God's, through God's own spirit. The indwelling Holy Spirit gives us the ability to conceive of the thoughts of God. Plain and simple. Verse 12, and we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so that we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. God has freely given us many, many things. Of course, he's given us eternal life because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross for us. And there are many things that he gives to us. He gives us, um, frankly, as we affirm him and believe in him and obey in his will, he gives us those things that are pleasing to us, those things that we would love to have, those things that we desire. Understand something. God does not is not limited in any way, shape, or form. Now, there are some things that God does based upon who we are and and where we are in our, in our times of lives, where we have to just grow and mature. And some of those things, have, in our maturity, we recognize God's goodness. Amen. We see things. So look at verse 13 here. It finally taken me, it took, took me five minutes to get, <laughs> to get to verse 13. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths and there's a a note here the next sentence in verse 14 which i know we didn't we weren't covering i'm just reading it for your edification here but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from god's spirit amen the holy spirit has to be the one to impart truth and wisdom to us through the spirit We, we we it's only through the spirit that we have god's wisdom god's knowledge the ability to to understand what God is saying in his word. And uh, I, I just want to make sure that that's really, really Okay, I hope we're still, we're still here. So, uh, but just keeping in mind, and we're probably going to be uh, signing off pretty soon here, just for the sake of making sure that we stay on the air here. And get to yeah, and so you get to church eventually, right? I know, right? Um, but keeping in mind that these words that we understand is the spirit that gives us the understanding. That's what we need to recognize here. And I, I pray that you see that and understand that. Um, and Second Peter one twenty one says, For no prophecy of Scripture was even produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along 
by the Holy Spirit. Are we indeed not carried along by the Holy Spirit? That's Second Peter one twenty one. That's something that we need to see, hear, and recognize. Um, the Spirit has to teach us the truths. We speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Amen. That's what we have to recognize. That is words. That's from Second or First Corinthians two thirteen. Amen. First Corinthians two thirteen. So we are expressing spiritual truths and spiritual words. We can communicate with others because of God's truth. The words that we learn, they're imparted uh, to us by the Holy Spirit. These things that we were. The Spirit helps us to remember passages too, and the Spirit will bring to mind passages as those that you've read before, and maybe you don't have them committed to memory exactly where they come from, but the Spirit will bring those to a reminder to help you to be able to even interpret something that's going on today or something that's right in front of you or or, or those types of things. The Spirit will bring things to mind, which is a wonderful, loving Spirit. That's a Spirit that's giving you gifts freely to help you to be able to live in such a manner where you're glorifying God. I hope that you can see, first of all, how these words, this origin of Scripture, these words of God were indeed inspired by him and they're conveyed through humans. And so it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we have any kind of ability whatsoever to speak about the word, to write about the word, to teach about it, to share its truth. And we are just very thankful to God for showing us the importance of faith and believing in him and his word. His word has come true. There are prophecies out there where there are additional things that will come true. I pray that you see those things uh, as they're being revealed to you, and about, especially about God's goodness in your life. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you again for all that you're doing to teach us, instruct us, and provide us wisdom and knowledge through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, may we indeed rely upon you today and all day long and every day lord we don't just want to follow you on sundays we want to be with you all the time every day each day and we don't want to let up on that we want to make sure that we're continuing to focus on your word being obedient to your word and living in such a manner where we honor you and glorify you lord you've given us the gospel matthew chapter 28 Verses 19 and 20, you tell us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. You tell us to go and do these things and do so in honor of you. But we do so in such a way where we are conveying your truth to the ends of the earth. And we thank you for that responsibility. Bless us and keep us now, O Lord. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me today. We want to let you, those of you who are in Akron, get down to church now. Uh, we pray that you'll uh, stay with us online. We will have Pastor Gus's message available uh, over on the Akron Alliance Fellowship page where we are right now on the timeline. It is right now on the group page. You can go there to the Akron Alliance Fellowship group page and see it right away. And while I change my privacy settings, I'll get it over to the other page as well, too. Um, God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. We'll be back uh, next week in Akron. Uh, until then, thank you and God bless you from sunny South Carolina. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care and we will see you next time.